0: want to hate this, I'll always show up and make a statement. I don't ever slow up, no I don't take shit. I got no love for the fake is If you want to play tough and want to hate this, I'll always show up and make a statement. Everything I do so instinctive and so passionate. Every word I move so descriptive like an adjective. Hello fine tech people. This is the Annoying Tech Truth Podcast. I'm your host Andre, and today I've got a great subject for you. I'm going to be talking about the blockchain and the Web3 world. Uh, This idea um, was given to me by someone else. It's one of my LinkedIn connections. I was having a a few exchanges this morning on LinkedIn with him. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. This is a great subject to talk about. Now, I do have some very, let's call them, interesting opinions uh, on the subject. But I realized that sometimes I may come out as a, as a, a hater for this kind of world. And I'm thinking to myself, hang on a minute, that's not actually true. So why do I say that? Well, haters are generally people that don't spend much time thinking about anything, right? They just hate on something. They don't understand it. Now, I have no intention of being associated with that side. Um, so I've i I need to explain a few things basically. So I, I've been involved in this in the uh, crypto world for a while now. I can't even remember exactly when I started. Must have been we we're talking about two thousand and seventeen, I think, towards the end of two thousand and seventeen, when there was a an explosion of interest around uh, a crypto, and it's when it's Bitcoin went for the first time to. Uh, about 20,000 I think it was. I think I think I'm correct. I think it was um, December two, 2017 when I started or even November when I started um, in this world just to to understand it, right Just to be part of it and see what is actually going on. So what have I done? Well, um, I, start, I I bought some crypto obviously like you know, every regular Jane and Joe, you know you must have some crypto clearly um but that is mainly for speculative reasons not for anything else but then i got a bit lucky because at work i actually had to to work with uh, with the blockchain system so I, I worked with hyperledger which is a blockchain system created and supported by ibm which meant i had to work in the ibm cloud uh, which was quite interesting actually it, it was about a uh, worth management platform and i was building things on top of hyperledger Uh, For a number of reasons, Um, blockchain is usually sold to us as a decentralized system, meaning where nobody um, can make a decision for everybody, right? There's no one unique owner or host or whatever you want to call it, someone who makes eventually the decisions and everybody has to abide by them. So that's what decentralized means. All the information is out there it spread on multiple nodes, it existed in multiple places, so no no one person can can influence this in theory. and I say in theory, you'll see why a bit later. It's not actually quite like that, but that's how it's it's sold to us. Now, when you work in, in finance, and when you work with money, and uh, you have to abide by financial regulations, uh, and you are an actual serious company in a... In a serious uh, country um, at that point you have to do a number of things you can't have a decentralized systems where you don't know uh, who your users are right you cannot have financial transactions without knowing where the money is coming and where the money is going and there are there are many reasons for that so you can talk about how evil the banks are or how evil the financial system is and, and money printing and all that and you'd probably be right but at the same time there's a lot of protection that we get for a number of these things so for example if someone um, if someone uh, somehow convinces you to give them some money you have a very good chance of getting your money back from a bank because they know who you are they know something happened you can prove something happened and you can get your money back you know so and they will tell you you try to send money to someone they will tell you dude we need to check first so who is this person what's their uh, account number what's their source code that that's uk by the way What's their name? And then they're going to go and check. So my, my bank always checks these things. They say, look, dude, the name of that person that you gave me, or the name of the company doesn't match their bank account. So at that point, some red flags are happening. You don't get anything like that in the uh, in the crypto world. Once you send your uh, crypto coins somewhere, that's it. They're gone. You don't know where they are. They, they, they're just not yours anymore. They're just gone. That's it. There's no way you're going to get them back. There's no way you're going to do anything. You're not going to track anything. And that can be actually quite dangerous uh, for a number of reasons. But anyway, let's not get there. The idea was that for that particular project, we had to use Hyperledger because it introduced actual centralization while still using a blockchain system. We were interested in the technology. So that's the first thing I want to discuss. There's a clear separation between the crypto world and the blockchain. right? Crypto coins, everything you've got today from, from Bitcoin to Ethereum to Litecoin to I don't know many other uh, coins created because there's like thousands of them at, at this point in time and they have been for a while, right? Those are a simple I'm not even I'm I'm not even gonna going to call them a financial mechanism. I'm just gonna call them what they are. It's just people trying to get rich quickly, basically. You know, Bitcoin was was created as um, as an alternative to the financial system and uh, based on some financial crash, crashes which happened in the past. So the idea was to give us an alternative. And I can understand that. It was, it was a toy to begin with, right? And it, it was taken far too seriously after that by too many people. Um, but if you put all that aside, if we, not, if we don't look at this world from a pure financial aspect, let's look at it from a technological aspect. The blockchain technology actually introduced something very interesting, which is another way of doing things. Now, everything on the blockchain is immutable, which means it cannot be changed. But it doesn't mean things cannot change. Imagine the blockchain is... that The name is actually very good. It's a chain of things, right? So um, you can actually change values via separate transactions. So, for example, let's say that I own... Ten bitcoin, right? And there's a block on, on, on the chain, on, on the blockchain, <laughs> which says that okay, this person um, owns ten bitcoin, right? All right, awesome. The fact that the blockchain is immutable doesn't mean you will always own that ten bitcoins, right? You can purchase something with Bitcoin, and that becomes another transaction. And the next transaction says, okay, this person bought a pizza, and they put, and then, then paid uh, five Bitcoins for it, right? So, when this transaction happens, you now own five Bitcoins. But you see what I mean? There's another chain in the link, which shows that transaction happened. So that's how you change entities on the blockchain, by making individual transactions. Those transactions, they cannot be changed, right? So they tell you, well, we don't have to use a database right now. And if you follow me and you follow my podcast, you're more than likely a software developer. So I'm going to talk to you like you are a software developer. That's basically a database replacement. You don't need to put your data in a SQL database, for example, right? And when you think about it, that's actually quite interesting because we know very well as developers that not most companies do not protect their data very well right Uh, how many times have we logged into a sql server running in production and we've done something on that server so you can do that at any time just because uh, an entry exists in sql doesn't mean it can't be changed right just it's an update statement away done now when you talk about the blockchain system that doesn't happen because every change is now properly audited So every change is there to be seen, and it's spread among many other nodes, so it's not in just one place. So even if you change one, it's not going to match what's in another. So And that's where you have issues. So that's kind of, that's why to me this is interesting as a a development technology, because it does introduce an interesting change. Now the blockchain does come with other issues, and the main issue that, that I've seen in the past is the number of transactions per second. Now if you don't have if the number is very mo- very small, and I'll give you some ideas before before Bitcoin changed to the Lightning Network, um, I I believe they could only do something like seven transactions a second or something like that. I, I apologize if I'm saying crap uh, rubbish things, but I think that's that's what happened at the time. Now, seven transactions a second may not sound like a small number, but it actually is a very small number when you try when you build a system that I don't know has millions of transactions an hour or a day you can't do that when all you can do is you know uh, less than three digits of transactions in an hour or in a minute or whatever it just doesn't work right you need it's not scalable enough it's not quick enough and that's what i've noticed with hyperledger it was actually very very slow Uh, but it was interesting it was an interesting exercise it was an interesting concept okay and um, you will also notice that sometimes you'd actually use both you'd use a blockchain system but also a database because uh, you can't put or you shouldn't put in theory too much information on a uh, on a blockchain it just grows out of control very quickly now so this kind of shows my interest i'm interested in the technology i'm far less interested into the in the financial aspect the uh, you you try to make money or whatever yeah that does exist and it's actually quite a big big world and it has been a big world for a while and you can see that if you do if you go to uh, I don't know whatever website shows you the total market value, you will see a pretty big number. You say, "Wow, that's huge!" It's not real, but we can talk about that later. So, what's my issue with with this world? Well, I want to see value. I want to see something real. Okay, something that doesn't mean that you just own nothing. So. Let's talk about NFTs, for example. What is the benefit Because I looked at that. We are quite big now on NFTs, aren't we? NFT that, NFT this. It's it's when you ask someone, okay, explain to me the value. Oh, NFTs, look, artists can sell their, their work and <coughs> other people can sell, I don't know, their monkeys or whatever. Images or whatnot. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't get it. I don't see the value. So let me give an example. Let's say you are a let's say you are a painter, right? And you could you create paintings. Now, in the normal world, the the non-Web3 blockchain world, you go and say, okay, I want to sell this painting. All right, so Mary comes to me and says, hey, John, you're the painter. You've done this amazing painting. I'm going to give you £5,000 for it. Brilliant. Here's the painting. Thank you for the money. What you have in your your, your possession right then is the actual painting. Now, the NFTs are saying, well, you know, this artist has created this painting and they're going to sell their rights to that painting to you. So you're buying a thing on the blockchain, but you don't actually get the thing. So my first question at that point is, okay, so what do you own? And the answer is going to be, well, it's a digital asset. Well, it's not a digital asset. Well, it's a digital thing. Which is meant to represent a real thing a real which exists in the real world a painting right so you go and buy you see, you you go and give five thousand pounds to to the same um artist and you get your nft brilliant but what you don't have is the actual painting see that's the point that i'm trying to make all the time you don't actually own anything you just own a thing which says hey that person owns that great but they don't actually own anything which is my point all along. It's the same with anything else. Uh, take images, for example, because how many times have we seen um, a, a monkeys or crypto kitties, for example? That Those are great examples of, of an actual use for NFT uh, tokens and projects. And I'm going to come and say, no, I still don't see the value. Okay, let's talk about an image, right? So you have an NFT which says, okay, this person owns the image at this URL. Brilliant. So they are the sole owner of this particular image you think to yourself amazing it's an image it's mine but here's the thing where is that image hosted who owns the hosting platform okay well you're going to de- discover that someone is owning that right what happens when a hosting platform goes down well at that point everything hosted their old images are gone that's it you might have, to have kept a copy of your image but the, the url that your nft is pointing to doesn't exist anymore or even worse the hosting platform is hacked and someone replaces the image at that address with something else i don't know if i can say the word on youtube but um imagine some instead of your amazing monkey with a real crown on the head you now your your link right which is your own uh, proof of ownership now links to an image which is a representation of a How do I put this nicely? A masculine organ. Let's say, A masculine anatomy part. Do you get my point? Or anything else? It's now instead of a monkey, it's a picture of a car. Because someone just hacked the whole thing and replaced all the images with cars. Or just one car. Do you see what I mean? What do you actually own? Well, nothing. When it's an image, anyone can look at your image. Great. Right-click. Save as. Done. It's on their computer. You can't stop them. You can't do anything. And they just own it. So from that point of view, is it... Does it make any sense for anyone to pay whatever thousands of, of dollars for this or pounds or whatever, or millions in some cases? I'm going to say, well, no, not really. Unless you have more money than common sense, then fair enough. What you do with your money is, is your job. But still, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that that's why I don't see the value in these things just yet. What I want to see is something real, a project which improves someone's life, which brings some value to the community, not just... Crazy words, you know, used to uh, to fool people, because you know they just sound good. Hey, that sounds amazing, right? We're gonna build the new Web three, great, great. But what does that actually mean? So let's talk about this for a second. Okay, we know very well that a while back Facebook they changed the name to Meta, and they uh, um, and they were talking about these these um, Web three worlds, right? So why why the change? What is the Web3? So if, if you look, if you do a quick search and say, OK, I want to know what the Web3 is or Web 3.0. What, what is it? Right. <clears throat> and you can read a number of definitions. But let's look at what Meta said. And this is coming from um, from Mark um, himself, the CEO of Facebook. Right. We are a company that builds technology to connect people. That's what this, he said. I'm reading from an article from the Sun, basically, and this is from um, from October 2020 and 21. Right. The metaverse means a virtual reality space where users can interact with a computer-generated environment and other users. Okay, so that's the metaverse. So I'm thinking to myself, great, but we've been having this for a long time. This isn't new. So if you if you're a gamer, which a lot of people are and they have been for a while, <coughs> you know about these online worlds and you know about MMORPG games. MMORPG it means uh, massive multiplayer online role playing games. They are virtual worlds where people come together and do stuff together, which is exactly what the metaverse is defined as. So and we've had this for decades. This isn't new. Right? If you think about uh, what does everyone know, let's say World of Warcraft, that is, based on this definition, that is a metaverse. People come together, they, ha- they can dance, they can talk to each other, they can spend time together, they can get together in a guild hall or whatever. And it's not the only example. But do you know what happens when a world like that gets shut down? You lose everything. You don't actually own anything. Digital ownership means nothing, which is my point. You know so uh, facebook is trying to say oh we're gonna have like i don't know uh shops inside this 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 world all right great so i'm gonna buy shoes except they're not real shoes they are shoes which exist inside an online world now that is a concept that also we've had for quite a long time okay these days it's, it's become actually quite big and if you're a gamer you know what i'm talking about if you start thinking about microtransactions and and, and skins and all that kind of stuff that's what you get that's basically it your digital ownership is that but again my question is what happens when the world gets shut down we're going to say well this world is never going to get shut down really why because big companies don't shut down projects and there's another question when a company talks about the metaverse which metaverse are we talking about because anyone can create an online world i mean you you, the listener to this episode, you can go and create an online world, probably in about 10 minutes, if that's what you want. It's not that hard, actually, especially for someone who's a software developer. There are enough free tools that you can generate a world very quickly. It doesn't take much, because we've had this. We've had this for decades. This isn't new, right? So I'll give you an example. What uh, The first MMORPG that I, um, I played um, many, many years ago, it was called Asheron Call. You know, so... You'd go and you'd fight things and you'd get, you'd own things. You'd have your items, your armors, your weapons, your whatever. But that world got shut down, and when it did, everything inside it disappeared with it because it's not, you know, it's a digital world. Each game creates their own version of a digital world. Each company creates, or they pretend to be working anyway, of on their own version of this metaverse. So when a company talks about the metaverse, what are they talking about? Because it's not just one, right? A Facebook version is different from IBM's version, which is different from Google's version, in theory, right? Okay, they might come and say, well, actually, no, we're going to create one metaverse for everybody and everybody's going to hook into it and that's it. Okay, so who who owns that world? Who hosts all this? Who provides the power, the service, the machines, the technology, everything? Who builds that world? owns it? Is it going to be Facebook? So, you want me now to go and put my faith into Facebook and their metaverse? Yeah, I don't think so. So, my issue comes from from a lot of angles basically who owns it because someone always owns it when even they don't specifically say it but it's still there someone has to own it right someone has to own the technology someone has to own the service the cloud or whatever this world lives someone owns it someone pays for it Well, if they control it, that means they can do whatever you want. And we know what happens when companies can do whatever they want, right? Because you look at the social media platforms. People are banned. People are shut down. People are kicked out. They control all these kind of things. And um, yeah, these are some of the reasons that I have some issues. And I'm not actually a believer in this kind of stuff. You know, the virtual worlds were created by gamers. And while they were created to gain money for the people who created them, the companies that owned them, granted. They were mainly for our benefit as gamers, to be able to get together and do stuff together, and spend some time together, talk to each other and all that kind of stuff, which is, this is why many, many other other platforms appeared like Discord, like, uh, I don't know, any other communication platform because people want to talk to each other, right? So this brought us together, basically. And at some point, I guess, the big companies noticed. So, hang hang on a minute. These people are paying a lot of money on microtransactions. They're buying skins. They're buying things which are not real. But what they forget is that we actually get something in return. There's also a game there. There's an experience. So, when we talk about the metaverse, okay, what's the experience? What are we doing? Oh, you get people who can get together and dance. Really? So you're telling me that people are going to spend their days and hours and weeks and months and whatever getting together in online planes just to make weird moves on a screen? And look at other people doing the same thing. Hmm. Don't get me wrong, this has always been part of the MMORPG world as well, but that was an addition to the actual game, where people would get together for a raid, for example. They would go and kill the big bad monster, and then they would come back and celebrate hey, look what I've got, and everybody would dance and say, hey, nice, well done. But if you take all that away, what do you have? And that's my question. What do you have at that point? I don't see anything. So I might be wrong. I don't know. I might be completely wrong on this one. So I hope um, that I'm going to get a few more comments. I mean... The the podcast is is growing a little bit. It's not very quick, and uh, there could be a number of reasons for that. But I, I hope I'm going to get a few comments um about this specifically. What what I want you to do, think about it, and let me know what you think. Don't just don't just start believing what a company tells you because they will give you they will give you the 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 uh, the selling speech. You know, say oh it's going to be awesome, but no think wh- why is it going to be awesome. What exactly are you providing? What benefit am I getting from this? Think about it. And let me know what you think. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time. I don't slow up, no, I don't take shit. I got no love for the If you want play tough want hate this, show